I believe. Me, mom, oh, mommy. All right. Uh, whenever you are ready. And you're doing this for tomorrow? Uh, yes. <clears throat> Indeed. Man, talk radio. Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Taylor Hall on the first wave of this power play. Let's Butcher gain the zone. Will Butcher continues on. Pass across. Brian Boyle scores! On his special night. A special night for the entire organization. Brian Boyle and his fight against cancer. Go ahead, goal. Two to one. Are you kidding me? Only fitting is Brian Boyle Love finishes over. Look what I've done. I've been alone so long, I feel like I'm on the run. Lover, come over. Kick up the dust. I got a secret. Starting to rush. She said, I'm looking like a bad man, smooth criminal. She said, my spirit doesn't move like it did before. She said that I don't look like me. For Monday, October 21st, 2019, I am James Cole, and I don't write for anybody anymore, and that's kind of sad, because I like writing. You should maybe uh, get into that. I should, shouldn't I? Yeah. Is, uh, is there anyone hiring these days? I'm uh, sure there is. Okay. Yeah, well, it's a very oversaturated market for sure. I'll float my resume. Yeah, uh, I am Bruce Pataglia of the North Side, and this is Laced Up a Hockey Podcast. It is. How's how's it going? What's new with you? Not much. Um, How was your weekend? This was uh, one of those rare weekends you and I did not weekend that's together true. at any point. That's I did not true. see it you. It was. Um, I I got to. Well, I'm seeing you now. I guess I got to this morning, uh, Sunday morning, and I I kind of woke up and I went. Um, I, I think I needed this. You know, I, I wasn't out late boozing Friday mm. and or Saturday, usually and. Um, but it, neither night was I an animal. Um, yeah. I just kind of took it easy and did, uh, I had to work all three nights of the weekend. And uh, I think uh, that was probably in hindsight a good call to, uh, to kind of take it easy. And uh, here we are. You? Uh, I did not take it easy and I'm feeling it. Oh. Uh, well, actually, no, that's not really true. I didn't do anything last night, but I I was so tired from Friday night all day Saturday, and I had to work that, you know, and then I went out briefly Saturday night, but not late. Sure. Uh, I went to the LU Thunderwolves games this weekend, both oh, of them. lovely. Yeah, a little, nice little Thunder Bay uh, update here on the podcast. I went to two LU Thunderwolves games, had a great time, uh, purchased some beverages. They lost both games. No way. Yeah, nice. they played well, though. They should have won both, to be honest with mm. you. Who did they play? Here. Uh, the Windsor... Windsors. Not the Spitfires, but the other ones, I guess. The Windsor were pretty close to Michigan, but not quite theirs. I couldn't tell you how many times I asked John what they were called this weekend, and he told me. He's usually the factual guy. I forgot. Yeah. Like, it wasn't on the ticket or anything? So I was joking around... Well, I don't know. I, I, ah. I don't look at the ticket. Ah. But uh, I was joking around uh, with him about how... Uh, who are we going to see tonight? Is it, is it the York Yeoman in town? And he's like, no, it's it's the Windsor whatever. Uh, but he's like, what the hell is a yeoman? And I'm like, man, that used to be their mascot. I know it's not anymore, but it used to be. Yeah. 2003 they changed it. Like, probably, what a dated reference. Probably for the best. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember as a kid being like, what the hell's a yeoman? <laughs> as did most adults still. Hmm. Yeah. No. So. That's too bad. Um, I got to get out to an LU, uh, LU game in the near future. Probably going to go again this weekend. So nice. I, I, will, I will probably be there. Okay. Um, but the only thing, the only problem with going to the LU games is it's less time for me to watch Mad Men. Mm. And you have been watching quite a bit of Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you at? How, on, how far are we are? I am uh, several episodes into season six. Wow. Flying by. Mm-hmm. Um, how many seasons are there? Eight. Okay. So this time next week you should be done. I Well, maybe. I got a busy week, but okay. uh, uh, yeah, we'll see. Are they still mad? Are they still men? Um, well, I mean, you could make the argument that they were never men to begin with, uh, you know, but, uh, definitely the 1960s version of a man, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Still mad? Um, sure. Okay. Sure. That's right there in the title, so. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. Yeah. Any new developments? Anything that the, uh, the people should know about? Well, they still haven't killed off Betty Draper. Oh, fuck. And I'm not really expecting them to do so, but I wouldn't hate it if they did. Hmm. Um... They have killed off some people, though. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nothing you want to talk about? Spoilers, eh? I gotta yeah. tell you, man, I, I feel like this series is uh, starting to drag. Okay. You I'm might. still down. Okay. I'll watch the whole thing. I'm still enjoying it, but... See, season seven's not in jeopardy yet. You're not going to give up on us now? No, 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 no. no. Okay. I'll, I'll finish it. Okay. Yeah. I think the people have really come to the Laced Up podcast uh, to get their Mad Men uh, you know, information and... Uh, I'd, I'd hate to see it go down in flames uh, so quickly. I think well, I think I'll get there. Okay. Well, I think I think I'll get there. That's good. I mean, like, it never hurts for uh, for you to change change things up once in a while. Uh, much like we learned from Peter Check, who changed up his Not career. Bad. That wasn't um, bad. From stopping balls to stopping pucks. Yeah. Uh, we promised we would bring uh, all of our listeners yeah. some uh, some Guildford uh, Phoenix yep. updates. Yeah, well, I've been following them closely, and by that I mean, uh, you know, I haven't followed them on any social media or watched any games or anything. Um, I did see video of Peter Check getting his first win, which was 3-2 in a shootout, uh, but when I look up their stats and their schedule and everything like that and try to get more information, uh, it shows that they've uh, that he hasn't played a game. So I don't really know where to find updates about this team. I'm hoping that, you know, our listeners might be able to help me, uh, but we do know that Peter Check at one point... Was one and zero. They don't even have a website. No, I know. <clears throat> it's like a semi-pro league, eh? Okay. It's kind of like he plays for the Flint Tropics. Hmm. They have a, a Twitter page. Yeah, I um, should maybe follow it. Hmm. Anything about Peter Check there? Uh, just a pinned tweet that says they signed him. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, you know, you should maybe keep that pinned forever. Yeah. They won. The, they won their match yesterday, seven to three. No word if uh, Czech was in net, though. Mm. So mm. He is a righty, too, eh? You like that? Oh, is he? You like the, oh, yeah, the, righty, the, righty, the righty catcher? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I am down for that. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's it's still a nice story. Pretty cool that he won. He was all pumped. Crowd was pumped. He was pumped. I mean, rightfully so. Like, you go to a, a semi-pro hockey game, and you see, like, one of the three best fucking soccer goalies of the last, like, 20 years in net. It's pretty hilarious. It's like going to like a um, like a like a baseball match, okay. And uh, Dominic Hashik is calling ball and, balls and strikes behind, uh, or not balls and strikes, but he's giving the signal to the pitcher. <sighs> so he's the catcher. Yeah. Okay. Ja- Justin. 
Slider. Be the first yeah, yeah, Czechoslovakian catcher probably in MLB history, I would imagine. Dom, we don't we don't yell the uh, my back. <laughs> we don't we don't yell the pitches to each other. You just you give me a finger, and uh, I'll throw you the ball. Yeah, yeah. He would be flopping around trying to catch it. Oh too. yeah, that'd be hilarious. Big time. I'd watch that. Me too. I'd watch that. Yeah, I'd watch Dominic Hodgson do, do just about anything. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I'd love to watch him play goalie again. <laughs> Like, that's one thing. <laughs> that would be ideal. I know that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so getting into a little bit of uh, more current and uh, maybe North American sure. hockey news. Like real hockey. Yeah. Um, but still kind of off ice. Okay. Um, we had an issue uh, the other day uh, arise <laughs> where... Uh, uh, did we? Well, we, we all know where, where social media has has come from and when, oh i and know where what's going on now okay i didn't know where you were going with oh, this for okay. a minute that's why i was kind of okay. like ah, what what issue um don't tell me i had a problem but you have um, a problem. but we do have a problem because because um okay donald Brashear, former sure. nhl enforcer he's back in the news mm-hmm. and not for the best reasons i mean not for the best reasons in the sense that uh he's in the news for the reasons he is um he, I guess, has been working out at Tim Hortons, and some people figured this out, and they thought it'd be funny or cool or something to go and take photos of him while he's behind the counter taking orders. And um, so, but the the initial post didn't seem to be mocking him necessarily. The initial post just seemed like it was kind of pointing out the fact that this was happening, and the kind of the issue that I think. I was worried about anyway when I first saw it was, you know, how are people going to take this and how are people going to react to all this? And people were genuinely, for the most part, pretty okay about it, I thought. I didn't really see too much that was overly negative. I saw a lot of, you know, good for him, like trying to get back on his feet and everything, you know. Uh, you know, again, he's just a human being like the rest of us, so what the hell's the difference, you know? I didn't see anything that was super troubling about it I, I didn't think but um i don't know if you did there were like a lot of reports and some photos that come out on different you know instagrams and snapchats and, and what have you uh where people heard the story but no people people going and and watching as as donald Brashear hands them their their coffees and their timbits and making a big ordeal like ha 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 this former tough guy is serving me some joe nobody i'm gonna post it on my people on instagram and the article, while maybe well-intentioned uh, from the beginning, and uh, I was happy to well, see Well, I don't know if the article responses. was well-intentioned necessarily, but definitely the initial post I don't think was super negative. It wasn't negative. Right. Right. Because the article was about someone's tweet in a way. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't know, like, I don't know. you got to write about it, I guess. Like, it is news. It is potentially a human interest story, but yeah, I don't know if that's really the vibe I that mean, I like, got from it. Myself... I, I could care less what these guys are doing once no. they're retired. No, so like, I assume there's more than just Donald Brashear working at yeah. Tim Hortons and places like this exactly. that are, you know, just trying to maybe get some direction back in their life. I mean, you know, these people leave the game and we don't really hear from them. Mm. You know, like even the some of the best of players, like I, I don't, I couldn't tell you what like Peter Bondra is doing right now. 
you know, I don't keep tabs on all these guys, and nor should we. They're just human beings trying to live their life. They're out of the spotlight. Leave them alone. We should have left them alone in the first place, probably to some degree. But, you know, like, uh, some of these guys go, and I, I assume some of them have had some troubles, and Donald Bashir you know, did a few years ago for the people who don't know, uh, or maybe it was earlier this year. I can't remember if it was, if it was, I don't know, but at some point over the last few years, uh, got, uh, busted for drug possession. And so now this is seemingly him maybe trying to find some direction, either whether he's, um, trying to pay for some of the mistakes that he made, or this is him trying to find direction on his road to uh, a better life, whatever it is. Um, you know, he's, he's clearly, working towards something and and I wish him well and I think that's really the only way you should look at it because at the end of the day he's a guy didn't I didn't like him as a hockey player doesn't mean I root against him as a person same with all these guys right so um I don't know I I thought it was interesting that uh he looked good like he looked you know he just kind of looked like he was he looks like he's doing well mm-hmm. um you know so whatever like you know but uh, but uh, to me the issue is the people who make it about something that it's not about like you know this guy used to beat up my favorite player on a nightly basis and now I hate him and well you know he's done like he he's done playing hockey at a yeah. professional level uh, he, there's not really any reason to hold these grudges anymore you know mm-hmm. at least yeah. not on a personal level you know like I I didn't like I didn't like Chris Neal I don't wish the human being anything bad. I just didn't like the hockey player, you know? Sure. No, and that's the thing. Like, I, I agree there's been a lot to like about this uh, story. There's been a lot to uh, get upset about when it comes to this story. And uh, you're right. At the end of the day, like, this is just a guy trying to trying to get back on his feet or, you know, move on with his life. And I don't, I don't think he needs uh, anybody, Twitter, newspapers, uh, you know, anything getting in his face. Come like, uh, we, we both work jobs. Like it, it would suck for someone to just walk into our job and be like, Hey, I know you're from here and I'm going to take your photo. And like, aren't you James Cole from laced up a hockey podcast? Wow. You listen to the podcast. How'd you find <laughs> me here? Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like you guys just trying to go to, go to work and do his job and, and go home at the end of the day. And, uh, I think it's really admirable. And, uh, uh, I wish him the best. Uh, I think I think you mentioned that, but uh, I, I do as well. Yeah, um, and it's unfortunate that this is even something we have to talk about. But uh, here we are because we have to talk about it. The more annoying part of the story to me was the National Post's article. Cl- yeah, 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 um, yeah. So the Canada Post comes out and they release their own article about National Post. National. Why did I say Canada Post? Nah, it's yeah. the same. This is the same thing. Nah. Nah, it's the same. Is, is there a Canada Post International Post? Um, Canada Post delivers the mail. <laughs> That's the... Uh, I knew I knew it from somewhere. People in charge of the mail. Yeah. Well, don't, don't blame the government for this uh, article. Well, they delivered the National Post. And the National Post... Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Do they anymore? Like, do people still get newspapers? <laughs> um, I know I don't. But, um... (laughs) (laughs) Please hire me to write for you, newspaper comes calling. Well, no one reads the newspaper. I'll write for free, sir! Um... (laughs) Okay, so the the National Post had an article about Donald Brashear and how he's doing the the Tim Horton thing. And uh, instead of a picture of Donald Brashear... They have one of uh, George LaRock, mm-hmm. another former NHL tough guy. Yeah. Um, 
And to his credit, George Larocque on on Twitter kind of took it with a, a lighthearted grain of salt and kind of made a joke of it. And a bunch of ha ha ha's. And George Larocque says, "Do all black men's look alike? Can someone tell them I have braids and brash have a shaved head?" Yeah. Um, a massive fuck up. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah, because they don't even like. Here's the thing that George Larocque doesn't even say. Like he kind of references, "Do all black men look alike?" They actually don't look anything like each other at all. No. Like, different sizes, I think, too. Like, wasn't Brashear? Brashear's not that big. Uh, he was average, I think, but Larocque was. Larocque's like 6'5 or something, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, aside from. No, they don't look similar at all. Aside from. They actually have a different skin tone. Yeah. Aside from being a couple couple guys that punched people in the National Hockey League that were black, um,. They don't really have much in common, I don't think. I don't even know if they played for the same team at any point in oh, their careers. Oh, I cannot imagine. I think they were both Canadians at one like at one point, but not together. Okay. You know, um, that might be the closest relation they have. I'm sure they fought each other. Oh, I would have I to would, imagine. You would imagine at yeah. some point. And like and who's who's this editor of the National Post that's just like, "We got to get this story out in yeah. 5 minutes. Don't take your time. Just find me a photo." Like Yeah. You had probably a couple days to find a photo, and you just found the first one that you could and said, this is the guy, and that's our guy, and... No, but she was pretty big, eh? 6'3", 240. Nice. Well, I mean, well, 6'3", anyway, I don't okay. know if he still weighs 240 or not, well, but... Slimming down, maybe. Yeah, maybe. You know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, really unfortunate to see uh, kind of the, the underbelly of, of, of what... Uh, Certain people can do with social media if yeah. they take it too far. But I, 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 I agree. I was, I was happy to see there was some pushback. Uh, people saying, you know, leave him alone. You know, why do we got to talk about this guy? Just let him do his thing. And that's the way we should treat it. Because yeah. whether or not it's a story, there's, I guess, you know, you've, if you if you want to say there's something there or not. But, uh, you know, doesn't mean that you have to take it to yeah. the level it was taken I'm to. just happy to see he's trying. That's yeah. really all I can. I don't really care about any other part of it. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, the NHL. Let's uh, mm. let's get to it. Uh, you know, all, all all you know, all love Don Rashier, but he's not playing anymore. You know, no. uh, nor is George Laroque. Uh But uh, Tom Fitzgerald also not playing. <laughs> How we he's, were talking about what? Like what? What are we talking about here today? I love uh, when people find out our top ten has no references to current NHL players. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Uh, Tom Fitzgerald, who uh, also is a former NHL player, but uh, also is not playing hockey. Um, well, he works for the New Jersey Devils, and they've had uh, a little bit of problems this year. Um, yeah. Hasn't looked great. Nope. Hasn't uh, hasn't been the season I think some people thought it was going to be coming in with all the new acquisitions in the offseason. Yeah. And, uh... Well, I mean, that was that's everyone else's fault, really. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the Laced Up podcast knew what was coming, but... Yeah, I, don't, uh, I don't know yeah. what... I don't know what everyone thought this year was going to be with the Devils, but... You know. I mean, there's still lots of time. It's just like... Probably a marginal improvement over last year, because last year hope. was bad. You would hope. But we're talking about, like, a 30-point jump to get to the playoffs, and no. I, don't, I don't see where people think when, that's going like, to happen. If P.K. Subban came in this year and had a Norris-caliber season, which we can already tell doesn't look like it's going to happen, yeah. that maybe buys them another 15 points. Sure. than what they got last year. But sure. the issue is that Subban comes in, has been average, not been great so far. 
But then you got other guys, like, Subban's got to come off the ice. Damon Severson looks like uh, a pile of garbage out there right now. You got Blake Coleman playing, like, 18 minutes a night. What do you, what do you expect? Corey Schneider is cooked, man. Guy's done. What are we talking about here? Blackwood looked good the other night, to his credit. Um, I know there was some debate about whether or not... Um, oh, yesterday uh, against the uh, Canucks there? Yeah. Yeah. A nice little shutout win. And, yeah. Uh, I, well, I, and they looked a little tighter defensively. Yeah, a little. Yeah. The, the interesting part about Tom Fitzgerald coming down is they're 2-0 and with Tom Fitzgerald behind Ooh. the bench. So maybe it's a coaching career that he needs and not uh, a managing career. Everyone's nervous now. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's that's what we. This is kind of where we're going with this. Is that so? The, the assistant GM comes down from the press spot or the you know the, the the big fancy suite, and he comes down. Now he's standing on the bench. Mm-hmm. This guy's got some some pull over you know who gets traded and who gets sent down, and he's looking over the shoulder of, of a guy that maybe doesn't have too long uh, to go in the coaching world as it is in John Hines. And, uh, um, at least not in New Jersey, I would say. Sure. No, for sure. Um, and, and I think everyone's kind of sitting there going, you know, you know, geez, you know, if I have a bad game tonight, am I, am I out of town? Am I going down? Am uh, you know, am oh, I getting geez. my coach fired? Ah, oh, jeez. A lot of factors to consider here. Because I, I don't know. Like, I, I know there, I, there's been talk that... Sound like William H. Macy and Fargo. Ah, oh, jeez. Oh, I know. Oh, no. Oh, Herb. Oh, jeez, Herb. Ah, uh, um, oh, jeez. But there's been some talk it's about Beth. how... Oh, like, uh, how Heinz is... You know, he's... Some of the guys in the dressing room kind of like him. They would hate to see him go. He seems like a good guy. No one wants to be the guy Looks that like gets Mr. the coach Clean, fired. Looks like Mr. Clean, a good guy. Yeah, that too. You, you don't want to be the guy that gets the coach fired. Um... Uh, so there's a lot of pressure, I think, in that New Jersey Devils locker room at the moment. Probably rightfully so. But um, yeah, like what do you, what do you what do you see? What like what do you make of this? Is this is this something that's going to be consistent for the rest of the season? I don't know what temporary... the hell to make of this. Quite honestly, yeah. I can't see this being an all season thing. And I mean, like the, the only way that this sticks all season is if the Devils have some sort of a sustained response to this. So uh, unless they start winning games on a regular basis and they're not just 2-0 and like they are right now um, eventually they're going to hit a rough patch and eventually whatever Tom Fitzgerald came down there to do is going to happen and that is someone's going to get traded someone's going to get fired or he like or a combination of both or Tom Fitzgerald takes over as head coach and John Hines is just his sidekick because like right now that that I don't know that might be actually what's happening down there. Who's to fucking say? All quite honestly, yeah. You know th- yeah. this is somewhat unprecedented. Mm-hmm. And when it has happened in the past, uh, it it has not worked out. Tom Rowe, uh, Lou Lamorello. Well, uh, Lou did okay, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, there's a theme I'm seeing in in New Jersey here. So oh yeah, um, yeah. They've had some creative coaching deso- decisions. You remember when? Uh, Lou Lamorello, Adam Oates, and Scott Stevens were all co-coaches. You remember that? I can't say that I do. That happened. That's that was a thing. That's pretty wild. Wasn't even that long ago either. Want to say like seven years ago? Oof. Yeah. Yeah, that's not great. No. Um. Yeah, the Devils all around. It, it's analytically speaking, uh, from the eye test, however you want to look at it, it's just it hasn't been coming together this season. Uh, I, I I don't know. Um. I, I think something's coming. I, what do you I, think is coming? Well, I, I agree with you in the sense that I don't think this is going to be a season-long 
um, experiment. Like, I think Fitzgerald's down there for a few weeks, and then, you know, he makes his way back up to the uh, executive suite. But um, I think he's there for a reason. I think he's taking a long, hard look at uh, the makeup of the roster. I think he's going back to Ray Shiro and, you know, saying player X is, you know, not fitting in, player player Y maybe he needs to go down to the minors, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I think something's coming. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know if firing Hines is the right call at this point. Um at some, I guess at some point, you know, you got to pull the trigger if you're Ray Shiro. But I don't know necessarily if that's the right call yet. Um, I'd like to see them maybe, um, you know, really reevaluate that uh, that blue line. And you got to have you got to have a little bit of patience with uh, with Jack Hughes. I know a lot was made about him not scoring uh, through the first little while there. He did finally get his first initial goal. We should we should mention. Um, and uh, I, th- I think you have to have a little bit of patience with that guy and, and, and maybe give him a little bit of room to grow with uh, some consistent wingers and see if there's anything there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's really not a lot you can do with this team, I don't, I don't think, aside from small tweaks, unless they really want to pull the trigger, and I don't know about you, I don't, I don't know. I don't wonder if there's maybe a Taylor Hall trade coming in the near well, future. Let's kind of break this down. What do you think the the biggest weakness is with the New Jersey Devils? Probably their goaltending. Okay. Um, if if Blackwood isn't there yet, or maybe he's just not what he is going to like, what they hope he's going to be. But how good of a goaltender do they need with this team to be competitive? Do you think? I think they need a fairly strong goaltender. You don't need a Vesna candidate, but you don't. You can't have. You need a top ten goalie. I think with this roster. To be competitive, because that blue line has some has some perks, but it's not great through and through. Um, it's not the type of defense that you can rely on to win you a game. It's just the type of defense that you can say they'll get the job done. They can play their sixty minutes. So say they don't have a top top ten goaltender. Yeah. Say they have a top twenty goaltender. They got a guy who they have Yaroslav Halak, who. Right now, looks like he's probably a nine twelve goalie if he plays forty five fifty games. Sure, maybe a bit better. Okay. What else do they need to add on top of that? Depth. You need some depth. Okay. That's like you've got, you've got your pieces in place. Like I like. How much of this is on John Hines? It's tough. I I, I remember us looking back at John Hines the last couple of seasons, going, "This guy's not getting the respect he's due." Then the next year, oh, he didn't win a Jack Adams. What a what a farce, you know. And then this year, it's all of a sudden, yeah, fire him. Well, how do we go from, you know, like this guy's a borderline Jack Adam candidate to he's doing a really good job where he is to fire him uh, after eight games of the regular season? Mm-hmm. That seems like an, an overreaction, on at least in my eyes. Um, everyone's got their, their due date, so to speak. Um, every coach is hired to be fired, so to speak. But So here's kind of what I'm building to, is the Devils were, I don't know whether or not you want to admit it, not 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 great when Ray Shiro got there in 2015. Okay. 
Ray Shiro's brought in Taylor Hall, he's brought in Sammy Vatnin, he's brought in uh, P.K. Subban, all on pretty team-friendly type trades. Is it time for a change in terms of the general manager? Is he failing to surround these stars with depth? Or do you think that this is falling more on the coaching, uh, the scouting and development staff? Uh, Is it more what to do with these players that Shiro's providing them, or do you think Shiro's maybe not providing them with enough tools? Hmm. Like, does he have the wrong people in place? He might. I'm not saying he doesn't. Because um, that's what just, I'm saying. It's like just because it, it, you have a good coach doesn't mean it's the right coach. True. Um, but I look at the New Jersey Devils last year when, when Corey Schneider came back from his injury, um, and when he was playing good hockey, not even, like, you know, above average hockey, he was just he was playing good hockey mm-hmm. um they were fine like the devils were on a bit of a tear to end last last year you know and small sample size and that that definitely has to be uh taken into account but um there was nothing to think that that team was anything to put, but competitive down the stretch last year then they go out they add the number one draft pick then they go out they add a norris caliber type of guy in pk suban a couple other depth moves in in terms of you know you know Wayne Simmons who probably is not what you need at this point. I think he's kind of served his purpose in the NHL at this point, mm-hmm. but uh, it's another matter in itself. And, and and you're looking at that and you're going like you know that's great. Like you know we've we've got we've built upon what we had last year without really giving anything up. Um, Nikita Gusev, another guy that comes over, and a lot of question marks surrounding him, but. Again, in addition to what you had, you're not, you're not losing anything from what you had going down the stretch last year. And now, a few games into the season, they've they've fallen kind of flat in their face, and there's this sense of panic. And whether or it's, it's it's justifiable or not, it's it's you know a, a five five alarm fire in in New Jersey, and everyone wants this to happen or that to happen, or this guy's got to go, or you know. And I, I'm not. I don't think the Devils are a playoff team. That was in my you know predictions to start the season. But I don't know if maybe there's a little bit of overreaction in play here, and if you know Schneider is taking a step back to where he was pre-injury, then that may be your X factor. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at their player deployment, and I don't necessarily hate what I see. Um, you know, like they they seem to play the right guys the right amount. Um, it's very clear who their better defensemen are. It's very clear who the second third pairing are, and then line by line, it seems to kind of go down at a at a normal rate. Um, like Nikita Gusev being maybe the only outlier plays less than thirteen minutes a night, which kind of seems a little bit off. But you know, basically, like my, here's my thought: is is I do think part of it is Shiro, but I do think another part of it is you know, getting these young players to where they need to be. I mean, Shiro Shiro didn't uh, draft a lot of these guys, but, you know, I haven't seen, like, I'm not liking what I see at a Severson so far this year, and I'm not really sure what's working there. Uh, Pavel Zaka is a guy they drafted very high who, um, there was a lot of talk he was going to sign in Europe. And I said that is a great signing for the Devils because I don't really understand how this guy is still in the National Hockey League. Like they got to find a way to get him going. Um, you know, it, it looks like they have work to do with Hughes, and 
I don't really know if anyone's surprised by that. I, like, I don't really think anyone thought he was going to come in and completely take the world by storm, necessarily. But I think they it looks like they have a little bit more work cut out than they thought. Kind of reminds me of when Stamkos came in and had like a goal in his first like 30-something games, and everyone's like, oh, this kid sucks. And he finished the year with like 25 goals or something, and everyone's like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, Hughes will be fine. He got his first goal the other night. He's starting to look a little more comfortable each game. He's clearly going to play the whole year there. So, you know, I, I, I think the issue to me and, and, and what kind of concerns me is it's not just a matter of, you know, whether or not they have the right players in place. I do question whether or not they have the right staff to get the most out of these players. And I'm not necessarily looking at Hines as much as I would be the skills and development coaches and things like that. But, you know, at the end of the day... Who puts these people in place? It's Heinz. It's Shiro. It is yeah. these guys. They are fortunate that they have an ownership group that actually gives a shit in New Jersey uh, because not a lot of fan bases get that luxury. And they are owned by a group of people that is literally just there to own the New Jersey Devils. And they pooled their money together and now they own the Devils. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like this rich billionaire who doesn't care. So to me, I think. There is a lot of hope there, is what I'm getting at for the Devils fans. But I do think that this Fitzgerald thing, the start to this season, there might be some bumpy roads ahead. And I, and honestly, what what do I do with this team? I don't know, but they need to get better. Do you trade Taylor Hall? See, here's the thing: is if you're Taylor Hall, do you come back to this? Like, what what is keeping you there? Well, I don't think there's really much other than basically what I'm saying right now is there's hope. There's hope. There's that's you know, the thing. Like, if, you've if got you a buy into first Ray overall draft picks below you in terms of Hughes and Heesher. You've mm-hmm. got a guy like PK Subban on the blue line. There's something to be said about you know where's this team going to be in two years compared to where are they now? Because mm-hmm. um, you know all, all all signs point to Hughes being an electrifying forward. Like he's everyone you know the consensus is that this guy's going to be an elite centerman. In the NHL in a couple of years, um, maybe not uh, you know your heart candidate type of player, but even if he's a, a seventy point guy, that's something that a guy like Taylor Hall hasn't really had flying next to him in his career. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be honest. So, on the flip side of that, your Taylor Hall, you get traded, you go somewhere maybe for a short run, and now you're a free agent. You can sign wherever. Well. That's nice in theory, but what are the teams that are able to afford you? What are they looking like? Are they right, your but Columbus Blue Jackets? Are yeah. they your, you know, uh, Buffalo Sabers? Are they are, are those the teams that can afford you? But maybe you're taking another step back from where New Jersey's going to be in a couple of years, just to get more money. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends on on where Taylor Hall is in his career because he played a lot of poor, not poor, but he played a lot of down years in, in Edmonton playing for that fan, you know franchise, mm-hmm. and now he's been in New Jersey where they've got one playoff appearance under you know his his leadership, and I think the future is bright there. It might take a little bit of patience. He might be out of patience, and I, I don't blame him for that. I just wonder, you know, where are you going to go? That's better right now. Yeah. I don't know if there is a, a glaringly obvious answer either, but I do think that, you know, Hall is a guy who at this point has been through enough shit and I think has kind of, I mean, every player earns the right once they get to UFA to get paid whatever they want. Yeah. 
Taylor Hall is one guy who I don't think anyone would blame him if he left New Jersey. He never chose that place in, in ever. He went there. He definitely tried to make it work. And whether or not it works, I guess we'll see. Yeah. But uh, do I trade him if, if I'm unsure? Absolutely I do. Yeah. For sure I do. I agree. I, 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 think, I think the Tavares situation was different in the sense that you thought he might come back and there was a good chance. The Panarin situation was different because Columbus was firmly in a playoff race and, and looked like they were going to make some noise, and they did. But if the Devils are a 500 team at New Year's, I would come into the office on New Year's Day if I'm Ray Shiro and open that office for business and say, all right, let's talk. Is that your first move, though? Is is it? Do you trade Taylor Hall or do you try... A coaching switch and then trade Taylor Hall. Well, but but here's the thing: is the coaching switch might come before then. That's wrong. That's the thing. Yeah. Okay. Like the, this Fitzgerald thing to me, like going back to it, is when this happened, I kind of thought, "Fuck, I think Hines has a week left," and they're two and zero. So does Hines have an have an uh, like? I, he bought himself another week for sure. I think. I don't mm-hmm. think like he's getting fired if they lose tomorrow night or whatever. But I do think that this was made with intent to know, like almost them trying to get a feel of the team to know who to kind of bring in just in case they do decide to let him go. Because um, I, I really, I don't know why else you do that. Yeah. It's just weird to me. It is weird. Um, I, I, I I would agree. Like, I think you got to move on from Hall at this point. I don't know who's out there that well, is going to take Well, if him. he wants to move on and if you're not doing well. That's a thing. I don't think they have to move on from him. Like, I think they should do everything they can to try and keep him. Oh, yeah. My point is yeah. that I, I don't think there's going to be any definitive answer from Hall on January 15th that he's staying. I don't, like, I don't think there's going to be an extension. I don't think they're going to be in the playoff race by then. I think you have to trade him then. Mm-hmm. But if they're 23-15-4 through the first half of the year-ish, okay, you pull Columbus. You yeah, hang on to him maybe maybe we hang on ice. to him then. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Where do you uh, where do you go? Uh, where do you send him if you trade him? Well, I mean, that's a that's a it's too, a long ways away, hard, right? Too hard to say. Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I could see it. That'd be my first choice, but that's where I told Tavares to go, and he never went there. Yeah, so maybe that's just my way of of trying to get the hockey gods to give Taylor Hall to Toronto. Fair enough. Well, before we go too you can play far, play with Freddie Goche and Jason Spezza. Yeah, before we leave New Jersey too quickly, uh, Nico Hischer. Oh, this is a New Jersey. Uh, yeah. Look, look at everything else we got to talk about. This is a New Jersey Devils episode. You're not wrong. Like this isn't like you know. I hope we have new, uh, Devils fans. And out that Mark Tambroder. Um, yeah. We should have done top ten New Jersey Devils. Life takes me. Um, nice. Yeah, Nico Hischer. He has signed an extension, uh, a seven-year deal. Seven-year deal. Uh, Seven-year deal. 7.25 AAV. Per. What do you think? It's interesting. It's interesting. I think, to go back to your kind of thought always, is there is a large consensus that the cap's going to go up in the next few years. You know, I think at its worst in this salary cap era, uh, it's still fine. But you do kind of question what kind of player Nico Heischer is at this point and what kind of player he's gonna be um so i i am a little i'm a little unsure what to make of him for sure i know he does have potential and he is an nhl you know star i would say but 
how good he really is. Like, I don't know if he's ever going to be a guy who's going to eclipse 80 points. I don't know if he's ever going to be a guy who's going to win a Selkie. Well, but he's good offensively and he's good defensively. Yeah. You know? Especially when you've got Jack Hughes now, who's probably going to be the number one center. Right. That makes Nico Heischer the number two center. Yeah, and if Heischer's... If yeah. he's your number two guy, that's that's fine. It's pretty good. Yeah. And I mean, that was kind of the whole discussion with Heischer, right? Was when he got drafted, he kind of got the Nolan Patrick sort of treatment, and that's why they went together, right? Was they're both complementary players on a championship team. Like, mm-hmm. extremely part of your core, good players, but... You know, they're your Jonathan Taves on his down years type players than Jonathan Taves on his really good years. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't I don't mind it. Um, I think a little bit th- a little bit of this has to do with what we just saw this past summer with uh, uh, the RFA holdout that went on, and I think uh, New Jersey looked at that and said we don't want no part of that. Um, what we really don't want is you to go off for you know eighty points playing with Hughes and Hall in the power play, and now we're paying you nine million dollars instead of seven mm-hmm. so i i think this was a little bit of an overreaction to what we saw this past summer um i think the money's fine i you know I, i've long been a proponent about pay the young guys now and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out instead of paying the old guys for what they did five years ago yeah so i like this yeah i'd rather they give this money to he than andy green exactly um or some free agent 38 year old andy like green david clarkson Mm, another devils. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I I like the deal a lot. I've I've liked Heischer since he came in. Um, he had some injury problems last year, so statistically speaking, he's been getting better each year that he's been in the league. We'll see how this year goes. Again, he's probably playing behind Hughes. It's going to be that type of career for him if he if he sticks in New Jersey. Now you could be looking at that and saying, hey. You get to play behind Jack Hughes, who could be one of the most electrifying centermen in the league in a few years. Mm-hmm. Or you could be sitting there going, hey, you're Nico Heischer, who's playing second line to a guy that's just barely better than you. Yeah. So this could be a a, a, Jer- a, a Jordan Stahl, Evgeny Malkin type situation where, you know, he says a couple of years from now, I don't really want to do this anymore. Um, but now you're locked in for seven seasons. So There is something about the Devils, and I will say this, to be slightly pessimistic here for a second. There's something about this team that does have a little bit of a 2013 Edmonton Oilers vibe to it, though. And I'm not just talking about the fact that Taylor Hall's on the team. Like, there is sort of the vibe, you're, you're bringing in these young players, but are you bringing in the right young players? And I'm not going to sit here and say they, should be, they shouldn't have signed Heischer, or they should trade Jack Hughes or any shit like that, but there is sort of that uncertainty that some rebuilds haven't had in the past where, you know, the Leafs we knew, everyone just kind of knew, like, yeah, they're going to be good. When the Blackhawks did it, everyone kind of knew, yeah, the Blackhawks are coming. You know, um... Penguins, same thing. The Penguins when they did it, um, you know, like, who's, who's another, like, Colorado, I guess, right now is another team where, like, every move they make, everyone's like, yeah, they're making the right move. The well, Ducks are kind of getting there a, a little bit. a long time there where we thought Joe Sackick was kind of But, I mean, that right block. now. I mean, the sure, Atlanta right now. Yeah, like, okay. we, we know that these young stars that they're paying, you know, they just paid Rantanen. They got to pay McKinnon, but McKinnon's a little bit older. You know, they got McCarr, they got Gerard. Like, we know that this team's coming around. Yeah. And I think the Ducks are sort of headed there very early stages right now, but I kind of like what they're doing, too. 
but the Devils kind of have that vibe. It's like, yeah, he sure is going to be good unless. He was going to be good unless. And it kind of comes back to I don't know if there's do they know what Hughes, to do them? Though. Is there? I think so. Really? Yeah. I I don't know. I from everything I've read and, and, and seen, he's he's going to be just fine in the NHL. He's going to be, you know, a consistent maybe never win a scoring title type of guy, but he'll always definitely like be a 80 point type of player like he mm-hmm. put some really good numbers up, comparable to like you know what Austin Matthews did with the national program. Yeah, and Patty Kane did with the national program. The issue with Hughes is that everyone was always concerned with his size. There was when he was really younger, like his skating, but his skating's come a long way. You know, it might take him some time. And you and I have seen a lot of good. 19, 20, 21 year olds get fucking banged around and ruined in this mm-hmm. league. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's fair. And there's there is that factor, and there's always going to be that factor until everyone in the league is five eleven, that everyone is going to have a little bit of these worries for these smaller guys. And Hughes is not setting the world on fire by any stretch to start it. I'm just saying I think he's going to be fine. I think everyone, you know, feels like he's probably going to be fine, but I don't think we know that, and that's kind of my point. You know, no, and that, that's fair. Um, what I, do I, I what do I think about the Heisher deal? I like the Heisher deal. Yeah, there you go, and that's yeah. that's really all that matters. Um, hey, it's better than having Kevin Hayes, right? So, ooh. Um, <laughs> continuing with the theme of uh, New Jersey Devils and signing contracts, yeah. uh, Brian Boyle has yeah. signed a one year contract with the Florida Panthers. He has nine hundred and forty thousand dollars to play hockey this season. Um, you love him. I love him. Yep. Brian Boyle, um, everybody's favorite six foot seven freak of nature with mm-hmm. a mustache. Um, He's awesome. Does this help Florida a lot, or is it just more of uh, getting by for now because we've had some problems in the early going? Um, little bit of, little bit of both. I think. I think Brian Boyle is the type of guy. That now here's a guy uh, that you like to have in your locker room, and I know you know that only goes so far, but there's a reason why Brian Boyle has been in the playoffs essentially every year he's been in the National Hockey League. He's been on a playoff team every year, and he is one of the faces of that team every year, and yet he only gets like 25 30 points a season, he doesn't really play in a lot of scenarios and somehow he's always a guy that you know he's there and you know like he's a presence there's something about him that has always been a presence to me I think it helps Florida in that sense I think they need a guy like that right now because I think Florida really really lacks an identity right now when I think of the Panthers I think of their stars but you know I like they're having problems scoring but also keeping the puck out of the net some nights like they'll they'll lose five four and then they'll lose two one, and they just can't seem to find any sort of um, rhythm right now. So I mean it's very early. Like we like we you know we're gonna say for another probably two more podcasts and then November first it's not early anymore. But um, it's it's early. I don't really know what to make of Florida, but I think Brian Boyle helps a lot. At the very least, it's a guy that you can probably flip at the deadline and say. Hey, look at yeah. his resume. This is someone that is a playoff guy. 
give us a second instead of a fourth mm-hmm. or something along those lines because uh, <clears throat> uh, you're right he like he hasn't missed the playoffs uh, since uh, 2010 his uh, first full season in the league um, and uh, mind you on the way he was traded a couple times at the deadline so he's always kind of found a way to yeah. you know convince somebody to take a risk on him and, and, and let's go deep with Brian Boyle um, but so, that's the thing, too, is, like, I, I know what you're saying, but, like, I don't look at Brian Boyle as a risk, and I never really have. Like, Brian Boyle is, like, a a perfect piece when you're trying to, like, just add to your depth. He's always been, yeah, like, a definitely a top 12, sometimes a top 9 forward for your team. Yeah. And to me, he's he's Mr. Reliable in that sense. No, definitely. I'm, I'm just saying, he, he like... Former All-Star. A, as a guy, like, he hasn't gone out of the first round of the playoffs since 2016 now. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not, like... Fucking Leafs. You're gonna... Well, you, no, that's the thing. Like, you're, you're, like, you're gonna look at him and you're gonna say, um, yeah, he's a guy that's got history, let's, let's grab him. But maybe there's someone better out there. That's what I mean by a risk. And you're just gonna get caught up in the Brian Boyle... He's been there. He's done it. He's always the playoff guy. He's got that reputation, kind of like a Justin Williams, where he's mm-hmm. Mr. Game 7. Oh, we got to have Mr. Game 7. Well, that's great if you go to a Game 7, but you might not. So maybe there's someone else to look at. I I, I do think that he's definitely someone that you want in your dressing room, uh, definitely uh, a character, um, a presence in the playoffs. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not debating that. I'm just saying it might cloud somebody into thinking, like, we got to have Brian Boyle instead yeah. of player B, that maybe he's the better option, realistically. But well, I, I, Boyle's got the name factor, right? I know, so. for for some reason, I follow a large contingent of Florida Panthers fans, because they follow Interesting. me. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, the one thing I, I, I've noticed that Panthers fans were somewhat concerned about was this is, this is likely going to eat into Henrik Borgstrom's ice time. And Borgstrom's kind of been a guy that, you know they've they've been waiting on and trying to like be patient with, and now it's kind of the year where okay, Borgstrom's gonna get his opportunity. And eight games into the year, Borgstrom hasn't you know been amazing, and now Brian Boyle's on the team and likely pushes Borgstrom back down the depth chart and yeah. eats away at his minutes. So I think that that might be part of the concern. But to 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 add to your point of there might be someone better out there, uh, like unless they're already in Florida's system someone better out there is going to cost them an asset because I don't think there is any better free agent option. No, I, I don't I, I agree. Yeah. I can't even think of another NHL player that Deon's enough. Yeah, can he play forward? Uh, probably not. On the power play, kind of. Maybe. <laughs> kind not the, of. Not the worst idea. He tipped in a puck once in the playoffs, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I got uh, I got an, a new little game for you here. That's what I was. Uh, that's what I was thinking we could do. All right, new little game. Give you a little break from over unders here for another week. Thank fucking Christ. Yeah, well, you know, I, I gotta space it out a little bit more this season for you because we started late last season, so you know I, I had to get you up to speed. But you know, now you're a seasoned veteran of over unders. Now you you know you know what what's going on. So I gotta keep you on your toes a little bit here. You know. Okay. Yeah. Um, but our new game is going to be called Name That Person. And uh, you're going to have to name for me this hockey personality. Okay? All right. So some questions might be about a player. Might be about a coach. Might be about an announcer. Um, I think it's all players this week. But you're going to need to tell me who it is. So I'm going to give you a question or, or a fact or a moment of hockey. And you, I'm going to give you four options. 
kind of like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Sure. And you got to choose which guy I'm I'm looking for here. Okay. okay? All right. Okay. Do I I have multiple options, sir? You get four. Okay. Four choices. Okay. Four choices. Good. 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 Okay. Got to get it right the first time, though. Okay. Okay. It's not a. And there's no lifelines here. You can't phone a friend or. Although maybe we'll do that another week, but you know. Okay. Number one. You remember Ovechkin's the goal, you know, the one where he's on his back. Comes in, he was wearing that horrible old Washington Capitals jersey there. Yeah. And he puts it in when he's on his back. You want to ask me what goalie he scored against? I want to ask you who the goaltender in net was for that goal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I figured I'd start you easy here, okay? Just relax. I don't uh, know what the answer is. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> and this was the only one I knew going into it, I think. So, uh, was it A, David Lenevu? Was it B, Brian Boucher? Was it C, Alex Ald? Or was it D, Curtis Joseph? My gut when you mentioned this question to begin with was Brian Boucher. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to stick with the gut. I'm going to go with Brian Boucher. It was Brian Boucher. NBC's Brian Boucher. Nice. Rivalry night! Oh my! (laughs) Coyotes! Capitals! Battle of the Ovechkin goal! True. Talking at E. And Brian, <laughs> Brian, you remember getting scored against Alex Ovechkin? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, number two. <laughs> There's no basis to these questions, too. These are just I, random I hockey facts, so. okay? Yeah. The Montreal Canadiens won the Stanley Cup in 1993. They did. It was the last Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup. It was. So who was the player? Scored the Stanley Cup winning goal for the last team to win the Stanley Cup. Okay. Based out of Canada. Was it A, Kirk Muller? Was it B, Mike Keane? Was it C, Eric Desjardins? Or was it D, Jean Leclerc? Okay, so I know Desjardins had a hat trick in the playoffs. I don't think it was in the cup deciding game because it involved an overtime winning goal. So we're down to Muller, Keane, and Leclerc? Uh, if you eliminated Desjardins, then yes. Yeah. Muller, Keane, or Leclerc? I don't think it was Johnny Leclerc. I'm going to say it was Mike Keane. It was a Kirk Muller. Hmm. I'm going to, I'm gonna. by the way, too, we're not looking for uh, a certain... I, I'm looking for 50% here. I think 50% is fair. Okay. That's a pass. So I, I got a, a you're, pass. You're at 50% right oh, now. You're, you're, oh, you're, overall. You're one right. for two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Good. answer was A, Kirk Muller. Good. Good. Uh, number three. Who holds the NHL record for most NHL games played in their career without ever recording a point at 61 games? Wow. Was it A, Elaine Nasruddin? Was it B, Brendan Bell? Was it C, Gord Strait? Or was it D, Christopher Moltisanti? We go Brendan Bell. Uh, we were looking for C, Gord Strait. Mm. Uh, fun fact, uh, D is a character from The Sopranos. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I heard that one and I was like, that's not a real That person. can't be a guy. Yeah, and that's why I picked a name where I was like, ah, oh, he doesn't even sound like a hockey player. So. Yeah. Uh, no. Whoa, sound like a hockey player. Oh, true. Oh, yeah. boy. Well, nobody's named Christopher. Come on. Yeah. Name an NHL player named Christopher. Latang. 
Chris. Come on. All right. They're all named Christopher. There's no guy just named. Do you think people are named just Chris? I think so. Yeah? Yeah. That'd be weird. Uh, number four. So you're one for three. Nice. We all remember Jordan Everly's first NHL goal. Boy, do we. Toe drag comes in. Beautiful goal. Yeah. Who was the defenseman trying to break that up on the two-on-one for the Calgary Flames? Mm. Was it A, Dennis Weidman? Was it B, Ian White? Was it C, Anton Babchuk? Or was it D, former Flame playoff hero, Corey Sarich? I'm going to go with Weidman. That's what I would have thought. But it is B, Ian White. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was still there by that point. Mm-hmm. Ian White. Okay. You're one for four. No, that's not maybe, great. maybe it'll have to be like four for ten moving yeah. forward. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, number five. Or maybe I'll just give you easier questions. Uh, <laughs> who holds the NHL record for most shootout wins by a goaltender? This is a bit of an easier one. I think you can kind of deduce this one maybe. a little bit. Uh, is it a Martin Brodeur? Oh, the, sorry. The number is 61 wins. They have 61 career wins. In the shootout. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it a Martin Brodeur? No. Is it B, Ryan Miller? Is it C, Henrik Lundqvist? Mm. Or is it D, Roberto Luongo? See, I killed you with the options. Yeah, those last three fucked me up pretty good. Um, all right, so the shootout came out in 05-06. That was Lundqvist's rookie year. I don't know. Well, I don't know. The Rangers were good for there for a while. Um, but were they good in the shootout? Mm. I don't love Luongo for this answer. Okay. Um, just based on his time with Florida. Vancouver, I feel, never really had a great shootout team. I'm gonna go How Ryan. I'm gonna go Ryan Miller. Uh, it is C, Henrik Lundqvist. Alright, oh fuck me. <laughs> you are one for five. Yeah. Yeah. Um while we're on the topic of shootouts. Which NHL player holds the best shootout percentage with more than 50 attempts? We're looking for 50 attempts. Okay. okay. Uh, is it A, Eric Christensen? Is it B, Slava Kozlov? Is it C, Brad Boys? Or is it D, Franz Nielsen? And I will have you know that all of these guys are toward the top. They're all in the top ten. Really? They might even all be in the top five, to be honest with you. Okay, so Christensen, Nielsen, Boys, and... and Slava Kozlov. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going France, Nielsen. This, uh, this episode brought to you by uh, Nielsen's Horse Tranquilizers. Paul Maurice. <laughs> uh, I'm going France, Nielsen. The answer is A, Eric Christensen. That's... <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fucked. Throws I'm, the I'm table. Sorry. Eh? I'm sorry. That's that's outrageous. Okay. okay. What do you have? Fifty shots. <laughs> um. He didn't play long. Yeah, I believe he was like forty nine percent on his career, on like seventy one attempts or something. I gotta pull the number up, but it was it was something like that. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Well, we'll keep the the fun, uh, interesting, obviously big star names going here. Which former Carolina Hurricanes forward holds the NHL record for the highest highest 
cap hit in NHL history? Is it A, Jacob Petrozalik? Is it B, Jeremy Welsh? Is it C, Nicholas Nordgren? Or is it D, Drayson Bauman? I think it's Welsh. It is B, Jeremy Welsh. You're two for seven. Look at you. Uh, For those people who don't know, there's a quirk in the CBA uh, that stopped people from trying to circumvent the cap. And your salary crap cap pro pro rates every day that you don't sign during the 185 day hockey season, and uh, Jeremy Welsh signed the day before the end of the season, and his cap hit was an astounding 17.945 million dollars. Not I, ideal. I I don't know why they why they signed him. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you're still alive. You needed to. You, you still need to run the table, but you, I you will did that run there. It. Yeah, that's fine. Or I will flip it. Okay, that's your choice. Sh- uh, sh- <laughs> the choice is yours. Um, I feel like we have three more, like not so obscure. I think like you might be able to kind of get into this one. Okay. Um, actually, I lied. One of them's pretty obscure. Uh, Mika Kiprasov was traded to the Calgary Flames in 2003 for a 2005 conditional second round pick. That did end up being a conditional second round pick. Who did the San Jose Sharks draft with the pick? Oh, five second round. Okay. It is. Is it A? It is. No, it's not. Uh, or maybe it is. Uh, is it A? Thomas Grice. Is it B? Milan Mahalik. Is it C? Justin Braun. Or is it D? Mark Edward Vlasic. Hmm. Hmm. Well, right. I'm gonna. Right. Oof. I'm gonna go with Vlasic. It is D. Mark Edward Vlasic. Look at you. Nice. Three for eight. Jimmy making a comeback. Nice. This is the miracle on ice 2.0. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're we're gonna need a miracle on this next question probably. Other than the Foot Brothers, only one Tampa Bay Lightning first round pick in their in their franchise history has gone without playing an NHL game. Who was the other player? First round pick. That I never played play in the NHL. Tampa Lightning. Never played in the NHL. Okay. Every other first round pick other than the Foot Brothers have at least played games in the NHL. Okay. Was it A, Mike Egener? Was it B, Andy Rogers? Was it C, Alexander Pollution? Or D, Brett Scheffelmeyer? Okay, so I... Don't know three of the names. <laughs> Can you? I don't. I don't want you to give me this if if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Were they all Tampa Bay Lightning draft picks? Or all four know? of these guys? Yeah, yeah, they are all four Tampa Bay Lightning draft okay, picks. I was gonna say because I, I know Andy Rogers was a first round draft pick of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't know if the other three were first round draft picks. But I'm going to go with Andy Rogers just because I know he was a first round. The draft correct pick. answer is B. Andy Rogers. Nice. All yeah, right. You are four for nine, good sir. Yeah. Come down to it here. Yeah. Uh, all four of the other guy, or all three of the other guys, were, uh, I believe, second round picks. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. So pretty close. Mm-hmm. All right. We went with higher end uh, picks there. Fair enough. So this could get you the tiebreaker option because we do have a tiebreaker Ooh, here. So uh, 
We're looking for five for ten, ideally, but you know we can round her up if if we want here for bonus points. I guess. Sure. I sure. Uh, the Flyers fired their coach after losing in the 1997 Stanley Cup Final. Who was the coach? Uh, was it A. Terry Murray? Was it B. Roger Nielsen? Was it C. Craig Patrick? Or D. Craig Hartsburg? A. Terry Murray. B. Roger Nielsen. C. Craig Patrick. D. Craig Hartsburg. Classic Flyers thing to do. Fire your coach for. I'm going to go Roger Nielsen. Not loving the ice time. Roger Nielsen is incorrect. Oh. Uh, Roger Nielsen, to your credit, was the coach hired to replace Terry Murray. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. You were close. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Four for ten. All right. You want your uh, you want your bonus question? Just for the just sh- for fun. Just for the folks at home. April tenth, you know? two thousand eleven. A loss to Pittsburgh was the Atla- last game in the history of the Atlanta Thrashers. Okay. Who scored the last goal in the history of the Atlanta Thrashers? Was it A. Alex Burmistrov? Was it B. Nick Antropov? C. Anthony Stewart? Or D. Tim Stapleton? I really hope it's Nick Antropov. Uh, it was D. Tim Stapleton. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Whatever. Did you like it? I did. You had a good time? I did. I liked yeah. that better than over-unders, for, okay. the, for the record. Yeah. For the, for the quiz yeah. master, if he well, decides in the future. Yeah. To... I figured if you would have won on off the hop there, we would uh, give you a break from over-unders, but that will uh, make an appearance again in nice. the future. Nice. Nice. Beauty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. What else are you saying? What else, what else is going on? Anything else going on? That's dead. Laptop's dead? Yep. Oh, so was the top ten. <laughs> God, that's awesome. I can plug it in. Oh man, can you? Yeah. All right. Um, the uh, the the Leafs sent down Rasmus Sandin. What are your thoughts? An unfortunate but necessary evil. I think is is how I look at it. It's an evil. Well, like I I think this is a guy that here's a guy. Here's a guy. Um. He's an NHL player. I don't know if like a lot of people can debate that. I just don't know if he oh, was. He is. he is for sure. I don't know if he was at the point where the Leafs could lean on him enough to be more than a ten minute a night guy. That's the thing, right? Is like he's good enough to play in the league right now, but when you're eighteen, you know, is like, is he better than other options that you have? Yeah, and the answer is not necessarily. Is he better than Martin Marincin? Like, very marginally, but not by much. Is he better than Justin Hall right now? No. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. One, is he better than Cody Cece? Of course he is, but whatever. Apparently yeah. we're not going to... Apparently we're going to ignore that. And the other thing, too, is that next next Saturday... Um, Saturday night. Both Hyman and Dermot are eligible to return from the LTIR. Mm-hmm. Um, both have been practicing with the team without contact yeah. jerseys. It looks like they're both going to come back both the same time. Um, and he, like Sandine with, with his Both, bonus. I might add, probably two months early, which is kind yeah. of concerning. But. Sandine, um, to his discredit, uh, his cap was just a little bit higher than some of the other options there that uh, when those guys come back, 
you're going to have to send down two guys, and if you've got Sandine up, it might be three guys. So he might have just been a guy that gets sent down anyway in a week from now, and if you wait a week, you burn a year of his contract, which means... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he was likely going to see some time in the press box, was probably or that, what was going to happen, right? And then which send him down. help you. Yeah. And like play him one half of the back to back kind yeah. of thing, and if he if like that sort of thing too is if he plays ten games, you burn that year of your entry level, and not only that, it opens you up to being um, an option in the, the Seattle expansion draft. And I think if the Leafs can kick that can down the road and avoid him being an option or a target anyway for Seattle, then you're doing yourself a favor because you're not going to have a lot of options when that when that time comes um, in terms of you, you can't protect everybody and um, I would imagine he would have been a, a pretty lucrative option if I'm a, a new team and, and I'm Ron Francis and I gotta pick a, a Leaf oh yeah, yeah I'm probably taking Rasmus Sandin we never talked about Ron Francis being named the general manager of the Seattle franchise yeah but didn't, didn't that happen like July did it? it, it was early in the, in oh. the summer I thought I thought that just happened. No. Did they name a coach? No. They got two years didn't left. Didn't something happen? Okay. They're probably, they're probably waiting until Babcock Well, whatever. Hired. France is fine. Yeah. Good hire. But you know what I mean? So, like, there's... <laughs> there you go, Seattle fans. It's 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 this matter of, like, as, as Leaf fans, and I'll, I'll attest to this, there's this yearning to win the Cup this year. Because you look at what's on the paper, and you go, maybe this is all we get out of Tyson Berry. Maybe this is, you know, the last great year John Tavares will have as an elite center. Probably not, but maybe. Um, and you've got Mitch, and you've got Austin, and you've got Willie, and the boys are there, and the contracts are sorted out. There's no distractions. You've got your Vesna Goldie. You've got your Norris candidate in Riley, and you're sitting there going, let's win it now. And Sandine maybe gives you the best chance to win it now. I'm not going to lie to you. The one that I've been thinking about all year is Mikhaev. Either way. No. You know what I mean? Like, that's the one, like, sure. just, just for the sake yeah, of the conversation, yeah. it's like, every time he's out there, I'm like, this sweet boy is only going to play 82 games in a regular season max, probably, for the Toronto Maple Leafs ever. Yeah. It hurts my soul. No. Maybe, I love him very much. Maybe he'll fall in love with our soup. Um, a lot of good soup places in Toronto? I don't know. He's seven you'd, you'd points hope. in nine games. He does. Um, Do you know who leads the Leafs in points? Probably Mikhaev. It's not. It's oh. two. Two people are tied. Okay. This is question twelve of the. Okay. Well, I know. <laughs> I know. Austin's got six goals. He has seven goals. Does he? Well, good for him. And an assist. So that's eight points. Um, and Marner. Uh, we were looking for Mitch Marner and Morgan Riley with eleven. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Yeah, they each had three point nights. Um. Day, so. Anyway, back to what I was saying. But yeah, and like rightfully so, there's this desire to put the best twenty-one guys because that's all you can afford uh, together to win you the cup this year. How dare you? And if Sandin's one of those twenty-one guys, I get it. There's an argument there that maybe that's who you'd rather have. But I don't think this is about one cup. I think this is about. Yeah, we don't win it this year, so that maybe we we can win three of the next five, or two of the next seven, or whatever the number is. You you come up with it at home. You give me some math statistic and send it to me on Twitter, and I'll I'll get on board. But 
if you push all the chips into the into the center now, and you lose Sandine to Seattle, and you lose Makai to free agency, and you lose whatever else to wherever else for one cup, is it worth it? I, I, I'm not saying it isn't because I've never I've never had that jubilation in my lifetime in any sport as a fan. It it's might a be. missed opportunity. It might be. But it, you're it, right. it would be a missed opportunity. The issue for me is it's clearly just asset management too, in the sense that you don't you don't need Sandine right now. You don't need him, and in three years you might, because there's only one defenseman signed three years from now, uh, and that's Morgan Riley, and he's set to go to you unrestricted free agency at that point, and maybe he goes, and maybe he's gone. And maybe Sandine is your number one guy by then. Like, that's that's a while away, right? Yeah. So, you know, maybe 21-year-old Sandine is 21-year-old Morgan Riley or better. i got to be honest with you. I think Sandine's better at 18 than Riley was at 19. Probably. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we might be talking about a fucking star defenseman here. Maybe Sandine doesn't get any better. Who knows? But you got to give him the opportunity to get better. And this is his best opportunity. The other thing, too, is he goes down to the Marlies where he's played, he's comfortable, you're playing with Timothy Logren um, on a pairing, and maybe that's the pairing. Like, like in a year, maybe that's a pairing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And now you're talking about two guys that have played together in Sweden, two guys that have played together in the Marlies, and now they're going to play together in the Leafs. Sweden. And there's familiarity, there's chemistry, there's... A connection, and you can just you can just bring that up next year. You don't have to trade for it. You don't have to sign for it. You just bring it up, mm-hmm. and you plug it in, and you can rely on it, and it works. And you can figure out the other four guys around him, or three guys. Sorry, because you have Riley. You figure that out later. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. I think there's like a poetic justice to that, and and I, I hope I hope the best for Sandine because I I think he's built to be a star, mm-hmm. and. Um, I don't think this is the last we've seen him this year. I, I, I think there's a call-up down the road, a game or two here or there, and because uh, injuries happen, and he's cheap enough and hasn't played that nine-game maximum yet. So I, I think we'll get another game or two out of him this year. Yeah. But If you're here for one reason, it's to tell us what the poets are doing. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about baseball before we talk about our top ten. Top ten top 10 the astros and the nationals are going to play for the world series yeah what say you <laughs> i say that the yankees won't <laughs> yeah and i'm down for that seems clear yeah seems like it's yeah, fuck seems those, like they're fuck those guys eh? yeah it seems like they're not going to play for the world series yeah. at this point i don't know who to like did you watch the game last night okay so game i six? i had enough time well to, like the end i guess i yeah i had enough time to turn the game on and it was the top of the ninth so I watched the tying home run, nice. and then I watched the winning home run. I fell asleep. And I had about 20 minutes to watch all of it, and I got to catch it both. So I uh, I fell asleep, so I had to see the replays this morning. How hilarious was Araldis Chapman just like being like, yep, fuck me. Yeah. Like, just in that moment was like, yep, fair enough. <laughs> I bet he was, I, I bet he didn't even have that look when his girlfriend pressed charges. Ooh, um, oh, easy there. Like, that was pure. I just got. That beat. was poetic justice in a that way. That was. You know, I mean, the Astros are no better. Didn't, well, didn't not as a whole, but did did no sooner get the win. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I was 
I, I cheer for anybody that beats the Yankees. Um, I don't necessarily like Houston a whole lot, but that's fine. I'm pretty down. Yeah. Other than the whole Osuna thing, like I'm cheering for the Nationals just because, like, as far as I know, they they don't have an Osuna type person on the team. Maybe they do. Well, they certainly but, don't have a Bryce Harper type player on the oh, team. Oh, true. Nice. Yeah. Uh, on Harper, Harper, Harper actually had a good. Like he was pretty good about it. Like just you know, like publicly, yeah. I, I, yeah, exactly. I, I'd be pissed. Uh, I can't imagine he's not pissed. Eh, I, I don't know. You had to know it was a possibility. Did he? You had to know. You had to know that some team was going to squeak into a, a wild card spot and then win the wild the card Nationals, game and then win this. The, the Nationals DS. are a good team. They have no bullpen. They haven't All for right. a while. Okay, I'm just saying, like. They have if one of the best a, starting rotations in the league. I'm just saying, if he thought there was a chance, why wouldn't he stay? Because he wanted to change the scenery. For, and for some reason, he thinks Philadelphia is different than D.C. Hmm. I've never been to either city. They just seem the same. No, okay. Those teams, I can't even tell them apart. I had Anthony Rendon this year. He's been in the league for years. I honestly forget what team he plays for all the time. Okay. I forgot which team Harper left and went to. That's how similar I think those teams are. Interesting. But I'm down for the Nationals because whatever. Yeah, no. Steven Strasburg's a beauty. I'd like to see them win. Yeah. Um, I really have no stake in the series. I just like playoff baseball, so sure, I'll be happy to watch it. And uh, who, I, it who was, are you taking? Well, I'm not. I, I'll, I'll say Nationals. I like. I like I'll say the, the Nationals. Little, I like the little run they're on here. Yeah. The, the momentum they've you got. Been. A lot of momentum. Yeah. They are the third best team in baseball since since like deadline. May 15th. Oh, wow. That's yeah. our back. Okay. They were 19 and 31 at one point, and they went 80 and 41 down the stretch, which is, it was Dodgers and Astros, I want to say, were the only two teams that have been better since then. Yeah, well, they beat one of those teams, and they're uh, playing the other, mm-hmm. so. Fuck, the Astros have a good team, though. They Jeez, do. Jesus Christ, that is a good roster. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, I'm going to take the Astros. Yeah. I think I think fine. in five. But there's no there's no harm in taking that team. That's, no. They're two years removed from a, a World Series. Yeah. Arguably they're could have probably, been back there last year. Yeah, they're probably better they than team. they were when they won it. So Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh for sure they are. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh top ten. Well, just before Okay. Just before. Sure. Sorry. Top I just ten. Wanna, I just want to just geared up here. That's fired up. That's fine. It's been Actually, a while. It's been a while. I just want to go to bed. Uh, I just want to interject real quickly mm-hmm. and an update. A quick update on our prop bets. Um, so we are we both oh. we both have one one. Okay, you won that no coach should be fired before Canadian Thanksgiving. That really wasn't a. Well, you got it right. Yeah, you right. embrace what you've you've done. You 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 made your place. Did you say someone would be I fired? I did. I did. You thought Paul Maurice was going to get I, fired? I, by I now? thought someone was going to last like five games, and then that would be hey, it. Hey, actually, cool note: Paul Maurice's seven hundredth career win tonight. True. Mm-hmm. Good for him. He didn't get fired, and he's got seven hundred wins. So. Mm-hmm. Everything's looking up for Paul. Um, My boy. I, I will say this much. I saw that fake tweet about the New Jersey Devils firing their coach, mm-hmm. and it came the day after Canadian Thanksgiving, and I thought, damn, I was one day off. Bastards. But it was also a fake. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, you got you got that one, man. So that's, that's great. Nah, nah. And the Avalanche are the only team left without a regulation loss. Yeah. So I yeah I couldn't have been I couldn't I literally wow. couldn't yeah. have been more wrong Oof. on that one actually like are they last they have to be I th- I would think in so in point percentage definitely they got one win in nine games or something mm. like that like that's oh that's not good. my god 
Uh, I two forgot seven. the Dallas Stars ten. beat uh, Philadelphia last yeah. night. So right, two wins in ten games. Yep, not great. Ooh, Ottawa's bad too. A one one five and one. Yeah, well, calling me shocked there. Well, yeah, shocker. Uh, okay, sorry, I just want to put that in there. But sure. uh, top ten. Top ten. You want to do the top ten? Let's do the top ten. Yeah. What is our top ten this year? Uh, this week? This year? This year. Yeah, we're going to do the same one every week. <laughs> Are you going to change uh, rankings? Nah. 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 Yeah, list is the list. Uh, no, this t- this week's top ten, the top ten players to never win a scoring title. By scoring title, we mean the Art Ross. Uh, but we didn't specify that it needed to be in current day, like it could have been before the Art Ross uh, was the thing. Uh Art Ross came into existence in 1947. Uh, we don't have anyone from before 1947. So I guess it's the top ten players to never well, win the Art Ross. we got one guy that played two years before, but... Yeah, uh, true. Yeah. Gordy Howe. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Imagine. Um, yeah, okay. Number ten. Number ten. Dill Howe. Oh, yeah, we combined this this we week. Did. We did. We combined because we always do that with the... With we- the uh, with these uh, statistical hockey ones. That we did. Dale Howardchuck, number 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1,409 points in uh, 1,100 and some odd games. Uh, this, guy was a, this guy was a force in, uh, the, uh, in the 80s. 103 points as a rookie at 18 for the Winnipeg Jets. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that fucking wild? It's uh, a lot. It's pretty, it's pretty fucking wild. Even in that era. Yeah. Um... He topped out at 130 points. He had a 121-point season. Um, he just happened to play the same time that two guys named Wayne and Mario played mm. and uh, just couldn't get it done. Were they good? Uh, they were not bad. I think Were they brothers? I think between those two and some other guy named Yaramir, um, they had all the Art Rosses between 1981 and 2002. You know what's funny about Yager? Was, uh, I saw that he had won in uh, in 95. And I'm like, oh, cool! Like, he won, he won two art, or two Art Rosses. Then I'm thinking, right? Because I thought he won in, in, I thought him and Thornton shared it in 0506, which they did not. And then I also realized that uh, I had missed a four year gap there where Yarmy Yager won the four scoring straight. title four years in a row. Yeah, yeah. Three guys so. won the Art Ross in a in a span of 20 years. So that's pretty that's fucked. Pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of guys from the 80s are gonna show up in this list. Yep. Uh, but Dale Howard Chuck's the first. So, mm-hmm. Did you end up getting his autograph at Tavern United there in Winnipeg that night? Yeah. I did. I got really fucked up. Yeah. I don't know where it is. I have it. It's at home. Oh, the autograph. Yeah. I thought you meant Tavern United. I'm like, well, yeah. it's across the street from the you, rink. You guys in line for the autographs? No, we're just here for the beers, man. And we're sitting there, and the waitress is like, what are you guys having? Well, who's getting auto- like who's signing the autographs? Oh, I think it's Dale Howardchuck. I think it's I'll Dale s- Howardchuck. I'll see you guys later. Yep. Enjoy the beers. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed the beers. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe it's best I didn't. Looking back, you uh, you getting Timu Solani's autograph when he's here next week Oof, or what? I don't know if there's going to be time in a day to meet that guy. Well, I mean, there's just. The just, whole Finnish community is going down. Just to that. get his autograph when he's done talking on the podcast. <laughs> you want to promote your new book, Timo? Uh, we'll give you four hundred dollars to do five minutes. Could you join our podcast? We'll do the whole thing in Finnish. <laughs> <laughs> we'll learn Finnish, Timo. Just get Jared on here talking nonsense. 
Probably. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's number ten. Uh, number nine. Uh, Pat Lafontaine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Patty Laffy. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Pat Lafontaine. Like one of the guys. I think. I, I don't remember what exactly the list was, but we did some sort of a list last year about like careers cut short or something like that. And uh, all I know is like Pat Lafontaine is a guy that we have talked about several times on the podcast, and I'm sure it is uh, fairly well known at this point you know, uh, had his career uh, cut short because of injuries. But in 1992-1993, Pat LaFontaine had 148 points, which I believe he was like five off of Gretzky that year. Um, he was very close, or whoever won it. It might have been Lemieux that year, but he was very close that year. Um, had a good career, was always a good player, but the, the injuries sort of cut in during his time in Buffalo when he seemed to have reached his prime. Hmm. Like, it seemed like he was actually playing his best hockey and didn't play a lot of it. Uh, the year after that 148-point season, uh, he played 16 games, and the year after that he played 22 and would barely play, like, 150 games after that in the span of, like, six more years. So, okay, retired a Ranger. Hmm. Did you know that? Did not know that. Yeah. Retired. He played for the Rangers for one year. After all those years of hating the Rangers on mm-hmm. Long Island and mm-hmm. Buffalo. He Guy never left New York. New York. That's, Lou, pretty, Lou that's Newark. pretty cool, actually. Yeah. 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 Number uh, nine. Number nine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number eight is uh, Adam Oates. Ooh, nice. Um, Former coach of the New Jersey Devils. I know that's what everybody thinks when they think true. Adam Oates. One of, one of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. Definitely a playmaker. Uh, At, the thing with Adam Oates is, like, I went through the scoring titles year by year, and I knew, like, that we said we weren't going to do this, but I kind of wanted to go through just to make sure I wasn't missing any, like, glaring options. Adam Oates was in the top five, no, I'm going to say top seven of scoring pretty much every year for like for, like, 13 years. Like, it was fucked. He was, like, right there in the hunt. There were a couple years he was number two, number three. And uh, the guy was unbelievable. Like, the guy the guy was just perennial, like, over 100-point guy. Um, he was just always sniffing around those scoring races, you know? Yeah, 97 assists in 93 with the Boston Bruins, um, who were not a great team. Yeah, you know how you think about Adam Oates as a Boston Bruin? Yeah, I don't. Uh, you probably remember him best with uh, Hull and Oates. Uh, Hull and Oates, the famous uh, scoring duo um, in St. Louis. Only what a, I want to yeah, only two and a half seasons there, but uh, uh, great numbers. Mm-hmm. Two hundred point plus seasons, ninety assists. Just give the puck to to Brett was his philosophy. Um, yeah, definitely a, a Joe Thornton before Joe Thornton kind of type of guy. Mm-hmm. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. Retired an Oiler. Did you know that about Adam Oates? I didn't. He played the outdoor game, though, so I should have known that because he was in that, that very first uh, outdoor game with, uh, yeah. Not as an alumni, too. It's yeah. 45-year-old yeah, Adam Oates skating around out there. That is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, Hull and Oates, uh, number seven, Ooh. Brett Hall. Brett Hall. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, uh, Brett Hall, like, you know, not much to uh, not much not much uh, one to pass the puck. He's a big Cy Young winner, that guy. But he, um, you know, he, he's still hovered around that point threshold. Like we were talking about, he played with Adam Oates. So him and Adam Oates had a lot of good years there. He had four back to back one hundred point or four in a row, uh, hundred point seasons. 
um, yeah, was great with the Blues. Had a lot of really good years there where he kind of hovered again toward the top of the scoring list. Um, and if he would have passed the puck a little bit more, maybe he would have gotten one. Uh, fun fact about uh, Brett Hall, retired a Phoenix Coyote. Phoenix Coyote. I did know that. Mm-hmm. 228 goals in three seasons. Is that good? It's pretty good. Mm. He's the uh, first guy to break up the uh, Hart Trophy streak of uh, Gretzky and Lemieux uh, into the 90s there with an 86-goal performance season. That's that's absolutely wild. Mm-hmm. 86 goals. Mm-hmm. Second most all-time. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Brett Hall. Yeah. Um, what do we have next here? We've got... Uh, I don't know. Oh, I've, that's on uh, your computer. That's my, that's my button. Mm-hmm. Number six. we got Noldy. Richard Nol- Shard. Noldy. Oh, okay. Maurice Rocket Richard. I've heard of him. The man uh, that the goal-scoring trophy is named for. Probably one of those names that's synonymous with the sport. First guy to have 50 goals in a season. First guy to have 500 goals in his career. This is a guy that I always just kind of assumed had a scoring title, but what, what like happened before we had the Art Ross. Um, not the case. Um, he had a lot of big years. If you go back through it, he finished uh, second in... Many, many times, uh, just missing out by you know by one point in forty seven, two points in forty five, uh, and, and it was later years he had some some twilight success. Um, the post war years. Yeah, ah, yes. Uh, after the war had ended, uh, all the boys came home. Uh, no, him, him and Bernie Jeffron teamed up in fifty five. They finished one point apart, uh, so he finished second then. Then this kid Jean Beliveau shows up the next year. Well, you know, he has a big season, but who's playing shotgun with him? Maurice Richard. The guy finished, like, second in the Yacht Ross uh, race, like, eight times in his career. Hmm. Absolutely wild. Hmm. Just barely missing out every time. Uh, again, a guy that I think a lot of people will recognize the name of and just kind of assume that he uh, he had one, and he mm-hmm. didn't. So, And a lot of people would not assume this. Um, little known fact about Maurice Richard, he actually retired as a Hartford Whaler. <laughs> Uh, Imagine though, <laughs> Hartford Whalers, where superstars go to die. Yeah, Richard, Richard retired the first time in 1960 as a member of the Montreal Canadiens, only to come back in 1979 as a member of the Hartford Whalers. Playing left to Gordy Howe. What? <laughs> uh, it should go uh, stated that uh, Maurice Richard. Uh, oh, would fuck. have won the Art Ross Trophy in 1951 had he not been suspended by the NHL for the the Maurice Riot. Mm-hmm. 1950, sorry. Nin- 1950, not 51. Mike Rogers led the uh, Hartford Whalers in scoring in 1979. That's not great. Uh, number five. Are uh, they even in the NHL yet? Uh, yeah. Number five. Peter Stasny. Ooh, right. I've heard of him. Now, here, here's something that... Maybe, now, here's a guy. That maybe something that uh, the people at home uh, don't know too much about. But if I was to ask you, and I think the answer is kind of obvious at this point, mm-hmm. but if I was to ask you uh, who uh, had the second most points mm-hmm. in the 1980s behind Wayne Gretzky in, you know, in the NHL, mm-hmm. um, you might not think of Peter Stasny. But that's who it was, Peter Stasny. Mm-hmm. This guy lit it the fuck up. Yeah. Second best player of the 80s, probably. Well, maybe third. I mean, Mike Bossy, you know. But yeah, sure. Mike Bossy only played till like, 86, so. Guy had 700-point seasons plus in the decade of the 80s. Mm-hmm. 
absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Absolutely wild. Um, where do you want to start here? Like, he came in late, um, 23-year-old, uh, defecting from the Czechoslovakia, the, the Iron Curtain of the Soviet Union, um, with his brother... Hey, Peter! With his brother uh, Anton and Marion. Peter! And, uh, My back! <laughs> we'll get to you later, Dom. Um, <laughs> Number two on this list, Dom McCasick. He retired in Ottawa Senate now. <laughs> Gross! <laughs> Uh, yeah, Pierce The Stasny. first time, anyway. Um, like, you you go down the list here, and you're like, oh, wow, that was a really good season. You get to the next season. Oh, wow, that was really good. Like, oh, that was even better than last season. And it's like, the, the guy never stopped. It just kept going and going for a not-too-great Quebec Nordique team. I remember we talked about Peter Stasny on a top ten last year. Was it the top, like, is he not a Hall of Famer? Or is he? I think think he is. Yeah. yeah, he is. What was the top... I don't remember what the one that we talked about him on then. Top 10 Czechoslovakian players. Right. I forgot about that week where we did the top 10 Czechoslovakian players. Top 10 families in NHL. The Stasnys. Yeah, they definitely get on there for well, sure. Y- we got Jan. Um, we've got Anton. We've got Marion. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's really all I have to say about Peter Stasny, I guess. Okay. Um, Should have won it. Couldn't win it. Thanks, Gretzky. Yeah. Little known fact about Peter Stasny. He actually retired a St. Louis Blue. He played 23 games there over two seasons. You think he got a day with the cup this summer or what? No. No. <laughs> that leads us yeah. to... Yeah, they gave it to Yan. And then Peter <laughs> got a day with it. Imagine. And then Paul. <laughs> okay. Did they all play there? <laughs> I don't think uh, the other two brothers. No, did, I don't. But. I don't think they made it out of Quebec. Um, number four, Eric Lindros. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I mean, that's an obvious one, right? Like, just could have, you know, if he had have stayed healthy, could have, should have, would have. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I if he would have been healthy for more than like two years of his career, he probably wins one. He never played a full season. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just realizing that now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even the lockout shortened season, he was two games short. Wow, mm-hmm. that's wild. Um, yeah, who won it in 95? Who won that shortened season? Because he this, he had 70 fucking points that year. Yager. Yager won it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a guy. This is a guy. This is a guy. I, um, I, now, here's what I don't understand, though. Oh, right, because you gotta you got to have more goals. The goal is the tiebreaker. Yager had 70 points. So Lindros, Lindros should be number one in, in reality because Lindros should have won that year if it weren't for your for the tiebreaker. Hmm. He won the Hart and the Pearson that year, so I guess mm-hmm. that's a nice he got his, he got consolation his prize. Yeah, for sure. Um, always a guy that I think a lot of people thought was going to be that kind of guy throughout his entire career. Like, mm-hmm. this is going to be an Art Ross guy two or three times. Um... Maybe not more than Crosby, but, you know, at least on par with Crosby, who apparently only had two. But Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Really unfortunate that we never got to see the full potential. And uh, I think it goes without saying probably one of the greatest uh, point scorers of his generation when healthy. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Um, Little known fact about Eric Lindros, he retired a Dallas star. I did know that. <laughs> Um, kind of makes you feel icky, doesn't it? Yeah. Things that make you go 
Well, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put it this way: the next guy that we're gonna talk about, where he retired, is gonna make you go Ugh, oh, a little bit more. Goodness, uh, number well, three. Well, not for me, but <laughs> number three. I think Ron, it's a fun one. Ron franchise Francis. Yep. Uh, the he franchise. Wore, he wore number four his rookie year in Hartford. Just so you know, that's fucked. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah. So this guy is uh, what fifth all time in points in the NHL. Yeah. Um, the highest we have because I, I, I we we did leave Mark Messier off the list. More a case of a guy just playing for thirty four years and having like Mess had a few years where he was like close. He, uh, he Francis kind of, had. Yeah, Francis probably had more like years of being in the top ten of scoring. Francis was not also with the Gretzky on his line. He was also a guy where he was the guy. He was a guy. He was the guy on a team. Where as Mess was, once he got to the Rangers, he was. But by the time he got to the Rangers, he was already like thirty three well, years old. Now, he was the guy on Vancouver to a fault. You know, Burry was still there, right? I don't think he was. Oh, he was. That was the pre Florida years. Okay. Yeah, I'll agree to disagree. Yeah, Francis is unreal. Yeah, shockingly, not a lot of hundred point seasons, but always consistent. Like you know, he he always led the team. Like he always led Hartford in scoring. He he was always their go to guy. Um, he came he comes over to Pittsburgh, where now you're playing third fiddle to Yager and Lemieux, I guess, mm-hmm. which is not his choice. He didn't ask to be traded. But um, worked out fine. Goes back to Carolina, has a few solid seasons. But by that point, you know you're you're into your twilight season. You're, mm-hmm. you're 37 years old. Um, but even still, like 2001, 2002, he had 77 points. Like, like you know, in a in a in an era where there wasn't a lot of scoring. Like, granted, you know, the 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 guy who won it had 96 points that year. So, like, still a pretty good offensive season. But you know, he wasn't that far off, is what I'm saying. No, for sure. His his prime years were spent playing behind Lemieux and Yarger, uh, two guys that would dominate that category for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're stuck in Hartford for the first third of your career, somewhere where you're probably not going to have anyone to play with. Um, but an all-world talent. Oh, how dare you. A guy that probably should have a couple of Rosses to his name. How dare you. Talking about the Hartford Whalers here, they had uh, Kevin Deneen. Kevin Deneen. Uh, Rob Brown. Ray Ferraro? Mm, not at that point, I don't think. Oh, oh yeah, he got traded that year. Yeah, I was looking his last year there. But yeah. uh, where did where did Ron Francis play his last 12 games? Uh, little known fact about Ron Francis. Ron Francis retired as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hmm. Yeah. L- largely forgettable. <laughs> I'll uh, never forget his first goal off his ass. Oh god! First of many, first of four. All right, here's 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 our we're bound to our top two two guys with top the, two the same number, um, very similar career time spans. I don't even remember who number two is. Number two is Bernie Joe Sackick. Oh right, Snowblower Joe. Snow- <laughs> <laughs> Snowblow Joe. Um, Wowza. Uh, if if you asked me uh, which Colorado Avalanche had a Hart Ross trophy in their cabinet, um, yeah, I would guess Joe Sakic. Nothing against Peter Forsberg, but uh, that is the correct answer. Peter Forsberg, uh, Joe Sakic, uh, despite many fantastic seasons, despite a couple cup rings, despite a gold medal 
with Team Canada. Uh, never, never won that Art Ross. Yeah. He even had a 100-point uh, season when he was 37 years old. Like, the guy had it right till the end. Uh, just could never get over the hump. Um, started out with Quebec. You know, you're playing back you're just at the tail end of uh, the Stasny era. So you're, you're taking the torch off the, uh, the dynamic 80s man himself, mm-hmm. the Czechoslovakian slayer. And, uh, yeah. and then you, you get relocated. Prague Peter, as they called <laughs> Good old Prague Peter and Burnaby Joe. <laughs> oh. Uh. Uh-oh. What? I think I forgot to lock my Buick. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you will let you can. That's, uh... <laughs> this week is not... This week is not brought to you by Buick. I, <laughs> if Buick would like to sponsor us, we would be open to that. I thought maybe that was some sort of Joe Sackick highlight reel that you were going to play no. right there. But, no, uh, no. Um, Should have used him as a soundbite. Yeah, uh, 120 points in 96. Uh, 51 goals right in the middle of oh, the, you were asking the, me who, the, uh, the dead puck era. Yeah, who we lost to. Yeah. Uh, Mario Lemieux had 161 points that year. While he was battling cancer, had cancer and was smoking three packs a day. So, oh, the French people, you know, they're uh, strong-willed. Mario's a freak. Uh, little known fact: Joe Sackick retired with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Hmm. Actually, I did have a good lead-in oh. for this one. Uh, Sorry, Col, not Columbus. Yeah, Joe yeah. Sackick did retire a member of the Colorado Avalanche, uh, but very nearly retired a member of the New York Rangers when they uh, signed him to a restricted uh, an offer sheet. Twenty years back earlier. when that was a thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, he signed an offer sheet in 1997, and uh, could have ended up staying in New York. Who New knows? Maybe York. He there. New York Joe, as they call him. Yeah. Okay, so number one, we've whittled it down. Uh, one man standing left on this list. Uh, He's better than all the ones below him, for sure. The man you hold number one in your hearts and number 19 in your hearts. Program. Uh, Steve Yeisman. Stevie Y. Yeah. Ooh, baby. Yeah, Stevie Y had six 100-point uh, six seasons in a row. Uh, didn't, win the, uh, didn't win the Art Ross at any point uh, during that stretch. He had 65 goals and 155 points in 1998 or 1988-1999. Now, well, 89, 89. It'd be more impressive if it was 98-99. But he would have won it that year, I think. He would. Uh, but yeah, no, he had a, he had a real good run there. Um, even in the uh, the lockout shortened season, he he didn't do that well. But the year before, he had a shortened season. He had 82 points. Uh, okay, you know, he he was he was on a good stretch there for sure. He finished third that year with 160, or 155 points. Mm-hmm. Third. Mm-hmm. That's fucked. It's not even like you were the runner-up. You weren't no. even the bridesmaid. No. You were the flower girl. Mm-hmm. Get wow. fucked. Wow. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> Get fucked, Stevie Y. <laughs> yeah. A uh, little known fact about Steve Eisman, he retired a member of the St. Louis Blues. No? Nah. Oh, he didn't. I almost believed you for a okay. second. Um, yeah, just a stupid career. Guy was unbelievable. Yeah, you're not wrong. I am, 
I'm grossly underestimating uh, what he what he did. Yeah, it's because we grew up in an era where Stevie Y was not even a point per game player anymore. That's, that's why. That's fair. You know. Um. Wow. I started watching hockey in 1999. Stevie Y was a point per game player, and then a couple years after that, it, injuries took over. To, to our knowledge and to our credit, when mm-hmm. I I do like to stroke our own dick. Um, wow. He this this got <laughs> real. This really fell off the rails toward the end. <laughs> he finished fourth, um, behind Lemieux, of course, yeah. but uh, behind Lafontaine and Oates in '93. So look at that. That's uh, that's second, third, and fourth right there. Mm-hmm. We're banging him out left, right, and center. All right. Yankee, Yankees couldn't do that, but we could. That's enough talking about banging things out here. We damaged Stevie Wise's reputation enough tonight. Well, yeah. Then he shouldn't play with the Red Wings. I don't know what to tell you. What does that have to do with anything? I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah. Stevie Y, number one. Number no. one player to never win a scoring title. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm down. If, if I you, made the list. So. If you disagree with well, us at home, too, uh, please tweet us your concerns, and we will promptly ignore them. Yeah. Any reason why we left Mike Bossy off? Just because? Yeah, I don't know. Well, well just... We just I'm, scored a lot. I'm just going to say this. Just uh, throw Mike Bossy in there somewhere. Listeners at home, uh, whatever. Whatever number you want to throw him in at. If he's your number one, great. If he's number ten, fine. Put him there. I guess so. I don't care. I, I got a lot of guys I would have put ahead of him. But okay, yeah, okay. He's he's okay. Uh, so that's it for this week. Um, we uh, seem to have everything worked out here, so we should be back on the interview train here soon. Just this week didn't really work out recording wise, so uh, timing wise, just things. I had things to do today, so there was no time for a. When's team will get in? Uh, he is here the thirtieth. Matty Mays. I assume he gets in the 30th Ooh. and will leave the 30th. We have a double feature that night. We could do uh, Matty Mays and Timo Solani. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Matt Mays will be a lot more willing to sit down and have a hockey interview with us than Timo Solani. Hey, it's for the people. Timo? Yeah. Timo is definitely for the people. Okay. For the people? All right, uh, so listen here, guys. You know, uh, i got to get to the Winnipeg chapters, but if you are willing to record with me as I drive to Winnipeg, then... Uh, oh, def- shit, definitely. I'd go. Yeah, so we're going to Winnipeg. Do they have any week, games that week? Maybe I'd go. If they play that week, I'm definitely down. Okay, uh, follow us on... Stit- uh, listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Portugal Radio, Apple Podcasts, amongst wherever you probably already found us. Uh, yeah, wherever you were listening to today, just keep doing that. Yeah, follow us on Twitter for any updates, and uh, yeah. You can find me at thenorthside.ca uh, or at Brutes Pataglia on Twitter. Um, happy birthday to my grandmother. Mm. And uh, welcome home, Mike thinking. Wern. Mm, Mike Wern. Yeah. Mike Wern. So, that's all I have. Okay. Okay. Good night and good luck. Good night, Moon. <laughs> good night, Moon. Good night, cow, jumping over the moon. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're going to make friends in no time. Get me out of here! Just eat that! Leave us alone! Tell all your friends, make believe all around. Did you come down?
Can you hear?